I get a lot of people who are like, I'm going to start yoga. I just don't know when. The thing is, your flexibility is the basis of your physical fitness. If you don't have the range of motion to do a squat, you can't do a squat with 400 pounds. I mean, if you, let's say like a magical thing. You can't do a squat with 315 pounds if you don't have the mobility for a squat. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to the Two Fit Podcast, hosted by the Two Fit guys, Jake and Josh. Now, Two Fit, by definition, is actively pursuing a state of health and well being beyond perceived limitations. So, if you're looking to push the boundaries of performance mentally, physically, and everywhere in between, then you've come to the right place. On the Two Fit Podcast, we will be interviewing and having fireside chats with renowned experts from doctors and strength and conditioning coaches to athletes and entrepreneurs. Our goal is to extract tools and tricks of the trade that you can implement, whether you're a world-class athlete, weekend warrior, entrepreneur, or grinding out the eight to five, all in order to assist you on your journey to becoming Two Fit. Hey folks, it's the Two Fit Podcast. Thanks for tuning in once again. Now, how would you like to increase flexibility, build muscle, burn fat, reduce pain, and even master the perfect squat? And, and get ripped. And get ripped. Well, that's what this episode is all about because we have Dean from Manflow Yoga on the show. And Dean specializes in teaching yoga to people all over the world. Even has a best-selling ebook on Amazon, and don't worry, it's not just for men; it's also for women. And um, so today, we're going to dive into all the benefits of yoga without the woo-woo. So we're not burning incense over here. Uh, you won't hear us chanting, but we will get deep into the benefits of yoga. And uh, Dean, welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Uh, great introduction. Love to say. Yeah, spot on, man. Spot on. I loved it. So, Dean, give us a little bit of your background. Let's dive into your story a bit. I know you are originally from Ohio, and then you went and played ball. You played lacrosse at the University of Wisconsin. Um, talk a little Wisconsin. bit about yeah, Wisconsin. <laughs> at least, at yeah. least you didn't pick up the Wisconsin accent. Yeah, that's good. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. No, give, no. <laughs> give us a little bit of that background. Give us your story and kind of how you arrived to Manflow Yoga. Yeah, sure. So I played lacrosse at Wisconsin uh, from 2008 to 2012, and that was when I first that was when I first started doing yoga. I, uh, I walked into a yoga studio uh, in in January of 2011, I think, or 2012, and I I was actually completely on accident. I was trying to find a tailor. And I walked into a Bikram yoga studio instead, and I told them, I've been, look, I've been in Turkey for the last three months, and all I was doing was lifting weights, didn't do any cardio, um, my body fat percentage has gone up a little bit, I feel really stiff, really inflexible, I want to get a little more tone, I want to improve my flexibility, I want to reduce my risk of injury, with this help? And they said, yeah, 
just uh, take your shirt off and go inside. <laughs> Did you have like suit and tie in hand, ready for the tailor as well? <laughs> yeah, I had. I definitely had. I think I had jeans or whatever it was. But uh, yeah. Um, so okay, uh, I guess I'll just yeah you know, go inside and that workout destroyed me. Uh, it was it's, so if you're familiar with Bikram Yoga, it's a 90 minute class. Uh, it's the same 26 postures every time. And it is a mental as well as a physical workout because you're the, the room is heated to 105 degrees. It's uh, it's humid. It stinks, um, and, but it's an amazing workout uh, that just completely works your body differently. I mean, works your body completely differently from anything that you're used to. If you've never done yoga before and just been, you know, the typical the typical dude when you work out, which is lifting weights, uh, maybe going running, busting out some push-ups. And assuming that flexibility was something that you didn't need. So, um, you know, that workout kicked my ass to the point where I said, well, I'm going to, I'm definitely weak in these areas and I'm going to get better. I'm going to keep coming back. And uh, that's what started my passion in yoga. And uh, mantle yoga slowly evolved uh, once I started teaching it to other people. So I actually started teaching to my lacrosse team at Wisconsin. Um, and then I started Mantle Yoga just as a Facebook page and a YouTube channel so that they could say, uh, so that they could do workouts, yoga workouts over the, uh, over winter break. And, uh, it just slowly evolved from there. So that's, that's kind of the background on how it all got started. Um, and here we are and I've got, you know, my audience and the members area pretty awesome website uh brand ambassadors and talking to you guys so uh, there's a lot in between that but that's that's the that's the that's the origin so what's the what was the need you were looking to fill with manflow yoga i mean there's a whole lot of different yoga programs out there but what was the need that you saw out there you said man i need to start this and give a better service to people you know selfishly it was my own need um i love the yoga workout and I could tell what needed to be done to make it better, at least more applicable to me, the athlete. And I looked around, and I couldn't find anything that was exactly what I wanted. And I knew that there were people like me. Um, I mean, you know, there's definitely lacrosse players like me who could use more flexibility, who would enjoy this type of training, who want to get better at their sports who want to be better athletes. There's probably some football players who want to do this. There's probably some other people who would appreciate a more athletic approach. So, uh, you know, straight, straight to the point, as bluntly as possible, I, uh, I dropped the spiritual stuff. I made the workouts longer, uh, or I made the poses longer. I made the, the focus of the workouts on the technique and on the workout instead of the, the spiritual aspects. And... Uh, I made, I used postures and I used variations of exercises that were more friendly to people who were not used to doing yoga. So people who weren't flexible, people who didn't have yoga knowledge, people who didn't speak yoga, so to speak. Um, and then I realized that this is, there were a lot of people who were like this and people started coming in and they were like, Hey, yeah, like I want to do yoga, but I don't want to do spiritual stuff. Um, or there were even people who were coming in. I mean, we still get a lot of people who come in and say, yeah, I like, I like yoga. I appreciate all the spiritual stuff, but I want to know that what I'm doing is correct. 
So I like your focus on technique. I like that you tell me why I'm doing the postures. I like that you explain the physiological benefit and how it relates to my physical fitness and not just tell me to do something and not explain, you know, not explain it. So um, the need was there was no yoga specifically for physical fitness. There was a blend of yoga for spiritual and physical fitness. There was a definitely yoga for, for spirituality. But there's nobody out there who was just coming up, coming out and straight saying, this is yoga for physical fitness. There's no spirituality. Because even if you talk with people who have a really fitness-centric class, they will still say, it's like, oh, yeah, but you know, part of yoga is spirituality. And it's impossible to separate it. Like, well, that's bullshit. I mean, all we're doing is a squat or a lunge. Yeah. How are we not? Oh, why is that too spiritual? That'd be, like, that'd be like you going into the weight room and then doing a bench press. And then coming off of it and doing like and doing like a seated meditation afterwards. It makes no sense. Right? I mean, I don't um, know about you, but I mean I've seen Jake do that a few times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you gotta gotta appreciate that uh, that new PR for sure. Just <laughs> uh, being but, thankful. Yeah. It's like that PR gong, yeah. you know, you see hanging in some gyms, you know. <laughs> yeah, perfect. That's that that's where the changing comes in. But um but yeah, I mean, so that was that was my take on it. I'm like, well, this is working out. Why does it have to be spiritual? So, you know, I created a brand of yoga that I created an approach to yoga that was friendly to people who didn't want the whole woo-woo stuff involved. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm careful to say uh, I have to be careful because you know you can't speak in negatives. Uh, so, I'm careful to say this is yoga for physical fitness. This is what we focus on, and I don't really say much about avoiding spirituality, but. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it is really. Uh, it's, it's yoga for all the physical benefits and none of the frills. Yeah, I love that you created like your own program. Yeah, you know what was um, your main influence on the poses you chose? So, I mean, anything that I found useful. Um, so I, I took elements of power yoga from Vinyasa yoga, from, from Hatha, from Ashtanga, from Bikram. Because I've done I've done almost every type of yoga. There are very few yogas that I haven't done. Um, so I took, you know, anything that I experienced that I thought, okay, this could help people. This is, you know, easy enough. This is something that somebody who's not flexible or isn't used to, to yoga could do. Or as long as I made it, or as long as I explained it in a way that someone could understand. And, um, you know, I even incorporated, it's, it's not, the thing is, it's not just yoga. It's, it's, I've had it described as yoga calisthenics before, which which is true, you know, because we do stuff that's not going to be found in yoga. We do stuff that you find in the calisthenics workout. Um, so, I mean, people who take this, people who do a, a yoga class with me, they'll say, it's like, this is unlike anything I've ever done, and I've been doing yoga for years, because it's, it's different. Um, so, I draw elements from all types of yoga. You're going to notice elements of vinyasa, you're going to notice elements of power yoga, Bikram yoga, in my classes, in, in manful yoga sessions. Um, but you'll also notice stuff from bodyweight exercises, uh, from calisthenics, um, and even, you know, I even put stuff there that I did in sports training. So it's, it's a blend of bodyweight exercises. Yeah, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that even the, the fastest way to get strong and build muscle and burn fat is through those isometric exercises. Right. Um, yeah, my, my girlfriend's a, a physical therapist, so uh, 
that, that, worked, that worked out really well. But I learned <laughs> a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I get to talk with her a lot about things that I'm, you know, brainstorming. And uh, she has, you know, years of study that can uh, help me understand things. And one thing that, that she talked about is, um, and you'll hear about through her other workout programs, is the, uh, the benefits of isometric strength. Um, and it's something that, you know, physical therapists utilize to help patients recover from injuries, so to build muscle in a way that doesn't hurt or doesn't put stress on your joints. Um, you know, if you go out and go running, that's great for your muscles, but it's, it's going to be, you know, it might be a little difficult on your joints. So if you can, instead of jumping up and down or, you know, running on a trail, if you just sit down and do a squat or, or hold a lunge, uh, that's going to help you build strength. That's going to help you build stability without the added stress of, uh, without that added stress of impact. So yeah, isometric strength is, um, is huge, um, not just in strength, but stability and, and joint health as well. Right. For everyone out there, just the, the isometrics is just holding that movement pattern, right? Yeah. So, and as that applies to, you know, like what you'll find in a, in a manful yoga or a manful yoga-esque workout, think of it as a series of isometric, of isometric exercises. You know, you're not moving constantly. A lot of yoga is focused on flow and integrating movement with breath. And we do that, but we hold the pose for longer than one breath. You know, so we'll be in the same exercise for 60, 90 or 120 seconds, two minutes of holding. You know, if you're if you're watching this right now and you're and you're sitting down in the chair, stand up and try to hold a squat for two minutes while we talk, and you'll see how difficult it gets. Um, so, um, you can think of a workout that we do as a series of isometric exercises. And the cool thing about yoga is that it's constant. So that's where the mental aspects come in because you're instead of finishing a set. You're like, oh crap, what's my next exercise? Oh, there's Bill. Hey, Bill, what's up? What are you doing? You know, or like interrupting your workout, you stay centered in the workout. You're like, okay, I'm immediately into the next exercise. There's no breaks. And your mind stays focused on the, uh, on the, on the workout instead of thinking, okay, what am I doing next? So, anyways, went off on a tangent there. But yeah. It felt, no, it's good. It felt it's relevant. Good. All relevant. Well, I'll tell you, I kind of. So Josh and myself, we both grew up athletes, and kind of over the years, my main sources of workouts that they've, they've varied. My, you know, the main forms of exercise, you know, it's gone from CrossFit to we just got into to Ironman training, so we've done some more endurance stuff. Um, you know, all, you grew up bodybuilding that sort of a thing, even obstacle course racing. Mm-hmm. And so you trained for I've trained for all those different um, events and those different styles, and I've always viewed yoga basically as a supplement to training. You know, I'll, I'll do yoga once a week, help with my flexibility, active recovery. Do you, I mean, obviously use this as your main source of exercise, is that correct? Yeah. Um, yes. 80% of what I do is yoga. Okay. How many times a week do you, will you do yoga, or, or how many times a week do you recommend others do yoga? Because I know some people that, man, you talk to them, they do Bikram every day, and it's like, wow, that's that's a lot of sweat. That's that's a lot of time on oh, yeah. that. Um, and then some people just like to enjoy. Like my, my, I like doing a five to ten minute, uh, just 
short morning yoga routine when I wake up just to kind of open nice. up my body awesome. and, uh, and get moving and get the blood flow going. Um, but how, how, how often do you typically recommend people do yoga? I recommend that you do a workout specifically focused on yoga for just two times a week in a minimum of 20 or 30 minutes. Um, so that's, so that's enough to really see some big benefit. That's enough to see some benefits. I'd say probably closer to 30 minutes rather than 20 minutes. But the thing is that so much of what you're doing in yoga is found in other exercise. And if you want to think about yoga, it's all the things that it can do for your body. So, yeah, you're going to build, we can build core strength, we can build endurance, we can build flexibility, we can build balance. But one thing that yoga is also great for is warming up your body properly. So making sure that all the correct muscle groups are firing, making sure that your muscles are aware and that they're doing what they're supposed to do. And then also in the cool down process, stretching, you know, doing some deep, longer holds after you work out to speed up your recovery. So even though you're only doing yoga, you know, even if you're only doing yoga twice per week, I'd recommend doing, you know, like you were saying, doing five, maybe 10 minutes of yoga uh, as part of warm up or as part of your cool down in your other workouts. So making it a daily thing, uh, even if it's just a couple of stretches uh, or a couple of postures, um, and it's not just a yoga workout, you know, you're integrating it into something else. But uh, I think that, that, uh, that emphasis or that, that focus on mobility and flexibility uh, as a daily practice is, is very beneficial as well. It reminds me a little bit of. The CrossFit argument when it first came out was that, you know, if you do CrossFit enough, it's going to translate into your physical fitness everywhere else. So if you CrossFit for these three months, you can run a marathon after that, you know. And maybe that specific example isn't true, but is that <clears throat> what, what, do, yeah. what, is it tra- what does yoga translate to the most? I mean, will you be able to, you said you can use it for endurance. So say that specific yeah. example, could you do yoga? specifically for endurance and go run, you know, say a, um, a 10 K or a half marathon versus actually going out and doing the, you know, the usual, okay, I'm going to run three miles today, you know, a couple days I'm run five, et cetera, et cetera. There's a limit to what isometric exercise can do. Um, so you'll probably be able to work up your heart rate. You'll be able to definitely, uh, cause enough stress on the muscles to, cause them to grow. Um, but as far as replicating the stress on your body uh, from running or from jumping up and down, uh, you know, you have to do more sports-specific training in order to, to do that. Uh, so I wouldn't be concerned about... So just to answer your specific example, you'd be able to develop the endurance for it but I worry about your ankles and your knees and your and uh, your your back if you were only doing yoga and then went out and decided to start running. Um, but as far as what what we can expect from a regular yoga practice, uh, I actually just did a twenty one day challenge and we had some we did a survey that that had some really helpful feedback into what people can expect. So. Uh, Kind of the surprising thing was, um, well, not surprising to me, but kind of to answer your question of, you know, how often do you have to do yoga to do yoga all the time, so to speak, is that 85% of people who 
took the survey said that they were more aware of their posture, significantly more aware of their posture than when they started. So one thing that um, yoga teaches you is being more aware of your posture and standing up straighter and making sure that you're pulling the shoulders back and down and keeping your chest open and keeping your spine upright, using your core when you walk. Um, squatting properly when you're when you're bending down to get something, keeping your chest upright, you know, doing a good squat, making sure that your hips are opening up, keeping your knees back. Um, so it really helps with everyday movements. Uh, with posture and then noticing kind of again talking about that everyday movement noticing how everyday movements can be done more efficiently or done you know kind of as an exercise Um, so again bending down to get something uh, reaching forward reaching up balancing while you're standing in line at the grocery store um, one thing I like to do is after I get through TSA, I like to stand on one foot and put on a shoe. <laughs> I mean, there's just like things like that uh, without without using anything to help you balance. Um, but there's things like that. The more you do yoga, the more you'll see the opportunities in everyday life to improve your physical fitness, whether that's through balance, through better squat. Um, through uh, better posture, through more core awareness. So that's, that's I think, the, the biggest thing is the, is the posture and the improvement in everyday movements. Yeah, I love that. I think it's just becoming more aware. I love what you said about the TSA thing, balancing on one foot. But incorporating <laughs> those small little changes, though, you know, over a lifetime is massive. Um, yeah. Dean, this is really a, that What's that? It doesn't take that long. No, not at all. To to get more aware. Dean, this is purely a selfish question, but um, what do you recommend? Do you have any specific poses you recommend in the morning or for like you touched on earlier, the the warm-up or a cool-down phase of a workout? Because like I just go through a few sun salutations in the morning, which are very basic. um, Mm -hmm. that kind of help me warm up and open up the body. Um, Is there anything, some specific moves you would recommend for people in those scenarios? yeah, so, so waking up, um, the best way to wake up is to put your body in a vulnerable position. So when you are hunched forward or when your chest is protected, your body is saying, okay, I'm safe. I don't have to worry about you know my organs being attacked at this moment. So your body slows down. Um, when your chest is exposed, when you're open, when you're vulnerable, that means that your body's you know, it's speeding up. It's like, oh crap, what if someone has a spear? Um, <laughs> I mean, that's just how we evolved, um, going back to our paleo conference experience. But so getting your body into that position where your chest is open and your arms are up, that's going to help you wake up. So something that I like to do in the morning is just reaching my arms straight up and doing, you know, a standing back bend. Um, squeezing the arms back, keeping your lower back flat, so keeping the tailbone reaching down, uh, your feet together. And then another pose I really like doing in the morning is a warrior one with a slight back bend. So instead of warrior one and uh, neutral spine, getting a little bit of an arch to your back and, uh, and opening up your chest. But you also want to think how to counter what, what you're going to be doing during the day 
and how to counter that movement. So anticipating that you'll be sitting or you'll be standing and your arms will be down at your sides and doing the exact opposite. So lengthening your hip flexors, stretching your pecs, getting your arms overhead. Um, and I think that's a really, that's, that's what I use on a, on a pretty regular basis uh, for the morning. As far as cooling down, you know, something at night or after your workouts, this is when we want to do the opposite. This is when we want to cover your chest. This is when we want to put yourself in a position where your vital organs are protected. So this is where um, something like a child's pose or a pigeon stretch um, or a lizard is a really good idea. Um, and uh, if you're confused on what those poses look like, we can probably, I can probably put up some some photos in the, in the show notes. If you, yeah, we can you guys do that. In the show notes for sure. Cool. And the, so, uh, these are poses that you would recommend, like a couple in the morning. Any type of flow to that, like like the sun salutation approach, or uh, in the evening as well. Would you just kind of do these poses and and breathe through them for a while? I would just hold them and breathe through them for a while. Um, so I don't know if you. This is uh, this is coming from Kelly Starrett, but uh, his, his new book on on desk down. But. Uh, just holding a posture. He, he recommends doing a high lunge position for at least one minute per day. Um, and I'm a big fan of, you know, that isometric exercise. So I would recommend the warrior one and that standing back bench, just holding that for a minute or 90 seconds and just, you know, allowing your hips to open up. So there's something to be said about doing a flow. Um, you know, that's definitely going to help you start to connect your body uh, with your breath, with your movement. But, as far as giving your body time to open up, you know, to increase your flexibility, to allow your muscles to lengthen and allow your chest to open up and your shoulders to stretch, you have to hold it for a little bit longer. Um, so I would recommend just holding it for, again, a minute or 90 seconds uh, as opposed to integrating it with a flow. You know, you don't always have a ground to do it on. Maybe you'll be outside on the grass and, or maybe you're, you know, maybe you're, I don't know, maybe you're somewhere where you can't get your hands on the ground and do a flow. So you just standing in a lunge is always an option. Um, so I would just recommend standing up, doing it a uh, static. And that standing lunge or warrior one, that, that would just be basically a forward lunge, knees not touching the ground, and, and arms are overhead kind of with an arched back. Yeah, just a little bit of an arched back, just kind of a neutral spine. Well, while we're on the subject of specifically using poses to to target some things, how about anything for lower back pain? Man, lower back pain is a that's 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 I can answer. <laughs> you come there across so it quite often. Of, <laughs> there's so many causes of lower back pain that uh, you know I, I could say one thing and it could be something else, but. I mean, lower back pain is, is caused by imbalances and movements and, uh, and lack of strength in certain areas. So um, if, you're, if your lower back is hurting, you want to do something for your core. That's, that's the first thing. Do something where your spine is in a neutral position, uh, lying on your back, flat on your back, and doing things like a floor kick exercise or just bringing your knees over your hips and kind of making a 90-degree angle. With your, with your knees, your hips, and your torso. Um, and then just holding that, maybe even pushing your hands into your thighs uh, while you're lying on your back, pushing your thighs back into your hands. 
um, just to shift the focus into your core. Because lower back pain is caused by weakness and tightness. Um, so when people have lower back pain, I say, all right, let's look at your core. And they say, my core's good. I'm like, well, probably not. Let's look at it again. And then from there, you want to look into the muscles that connect to your back. All right, so we're going to look at your hip muscles. We're going to look at your adductors, your hamstrings. We'll look at your glutes. And then we'll look at glute strength. Are your glutes engaging or is your lower back doing the work that your glutes should be doing? So there's a lot of causes, um, but it, it really comes down to muscle activation and, and tightness. So just making sure that the right muscles are doing what they're supposed to do when they're working out, and that's namely the hip flexors, the glutes, the core, when it comes to inactive muscles, and then making sure that the muscles that connect to your lower back are loose. So that comes down to glutes, um, glutes, hip flexors, uh, hamstrings, adductors, and then even you know your your thoracic spine, uh, your erector spinae, the, those muscles on your in your back. Um, there's a lot of causes, but uh, so there's no one answer that I can give you. But it, it comes down to just having balance, strength, and balance flexibility. No, that was perfect. Um, I do want to kind of digress from that from the details of it a little bit and I know I haven't seen any stats on this in quite a while but there seems to be such a huge gender difference in yoga itself I mean I, I'm sure it's got to be like 80-90% of the instructors out there are women why do you think there is such a uh, a difference um, in in who is using yoga on a regular basis and what are you doing about it so it's interesting that you bring up this instructor because we know that, um, so I can tell you that the, the amount of men who are doing yoga, at least in the United States, probably 75 to 80% of people in the yoga studio. So it's a little higher than you'd expect. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, but as far as instructors, I actually haven't seen statistics on that. Um, but I'd expect that you're probably right, that it's probably 80% in terms of uh, male versus female instructors. And the reason for that is if we look back at the way that yoga evolved in the United States, and if you want to go more broadly into uh, you know, Europe and the United States, it was primarily targeted to housewives in the 60s. So it, uh, it, it, it developed as something that women could do to help relieve stress. Um, and to you know, something that they could do for light exercise um, but really the benefit I think was on the I think the benefit was really on the, on the stress relief aspect of it and that's how it evolved I mean up through the 90s it was still considered a very feminine thing to do um, and it wasn't really until I'd say late 2000s um, maybe 2010s that it started to, that a shift started and it became something that now men could practice. Um, but the reason why it's still, you know, a lot of men will look at that and they're like, oh, yoga's for girls, I don't wanna do that. And I said that back in 2011. You know, someone in front of me invited me to a picker class and I said, no, I'm not going. You have fun. Um, but, I mean, the reason why is because that's just how the culture developed. There's a culture around yoga that isn't attractive to men. You know, it's it's being vulnerable. It's being kind of crunchy. It's kind of got that hippie or that new age woo stuff. And 
I think that a majority of men look at that and they're like, well, that's not how I want to train. I don't see that as something beneficial to me. I don't want to do something that tells me how to live my life or forces me to be emotional in public. I think that's a big part of it. So most, the, the way that mainstream yoga is presented to us, especially, you know, by culture, look at TV shows, the way that yoga is, is typically portrayed in TV shows and, you know, the people who are typically doing yoga. I mean, you think of yoga and you're like, uh, girl on the beach doing yoga, valley girl. Uh, I mean, just think of your, what you have in your head as your typical yoga person. And you're like, that's not me. Right. So, um, the reason why people, the reason why men don't do it is because the, the way that it's portrayed isn't something that's attractive to them. They don't want to do something that they can't see themselves doing and feel cool while doing it. So what I've kind of done, or not kind of, what I have done is I've created yoga in a way that guys look at it and say like, all right, that looks cool. I want to do that. Or I can imagine myself doing that. So it's instead of showing postures where you know, we've got our foot tucked over our neck or we're doing some impossibly flexible split. I'm just doing a lunge. I'm doing a squat or I'm doing, you know, cool balance that challenges your upper body strength. So it's really changing the perception of yoga just by putting out different images and putting out um, different content. But it's it's, it's uh, different content, different, you know, sometimes deliberately polarizing content to get people to kind of say to themselves, whoa, I didn't know that yoga was like that at all. Or like, this is completely different from what I expected yoga to be. But, you know, we, I think that uh, it's extremely difficult to, it's extremely difficult to get people to change their perceptions, uh, number one. And a lot of people who teach yoga are scared of offending the existing yoga population. You know, there's this, there's this sort of, um, number one, they're scared of losing the clients, right? They're, they're, they're scared of losing established clients or people who like yoga for what it is. Um, but there's also this kind of weird sense of yoga as this sacred thing. You know, people think of yoga, people think that 3,000 years ago, an ancient, I don't know what, an ancient, well, they wouldn't be ancient, it would just be a normal person at that time. But <laughs> people thought that 3,000 years ago, uh, an, uh, an Indian man was standing on a mountaintop doing a warrior two pose. And that's just not true. Yoga back then, the only thing that people did was sit in seated meditation. Yoga was a lifestyle. Yoga was, I don't, I don't think yoga was considered a religion. Um, it was more of a lifestyle or a set of you know, practices or guidelines um, for, you know, being a good person. Um, but um, people still think of, so people take that into what yoga is today. And they're like, oh, it's this ancient practice. Like, no, this just started like less than 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yoga is actually a blend. Yoga was actually, yoga as we practice it now was actually something developed for a royal family. Um, I forgot hmm. what family it was. It was in India. I forgot what palace. But it was a combination of martial arts, of stretching, and British gymnastics. 
Um, so there's something that developed as something, you know, a form of physical fitness, and then it somehow merged with the yoga as a lifestyle, um, or, you know, based on Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, which is kind of like the Bible of yoga, let's say. Um, so yoga, as we practice today, or as we perceive it in, in culture, didn't exist. <laughs> it was, it's, a, it's a modern invention. So there's this, anyway, there's a stigma that yoga is this sacred thing and that we have to respect it because it's existed for thousands of years and it's just not true. The way that we practice yoga is a new invention um, and people are scared. Uh, a lot of people think that they have to adhere to the way that it's practiced now or they're doing something wrong. And, you know, I'll even get that when I'll get that feedback a lot. When I first started out, you know, people will, they have expectations of what yoga is and they don't like it when they see something, uh, when they see yoga portrayed as something that they don't think it should be. So I get a lot of comments like, oh, you're doing this all wrong. Yoga is not about a workout. It's a spiritual practice. I'm like, well, no, it's a workout. Just go somewhere else if you don't like it. Um, but I still get that a lot. Um, and I don't answer that nicely, I should say. Um, I usually answer pretty aggressively because that's who I am. And I, you know, if I want to do something this way, it's, it's not up to you how I practice something. You know, yeah, so um, find the next studio. Yeah, go find the next studio, or you know, go complain about the Westernization of something to <laughs> someone else. Um, well, I think that's what's yeah. really cool about what you've created is even if they come to yoga or want to do yoga with you, and, but they have these preconceived ideas. They can do this in the convenience of their own home or while they're on the road. Mm-hmm. They don't have to step into an you know uncomfortable situation um, or one that they've created in their own mind about going into a studio where you're lucky to see one or two other guys in the yoga class. And they're big and sweaty and hairy at the back and making all the noises. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And they've probably been there for a while and they're used to that and that is like their happy place. Mm-hmm. They love it now. Um, but... I'm glad you actually brought that up because one thing that men definitely don't want to do is do something they're not good at in front of women. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of men are like, well, I don't want the spiritual. Number two complaint is I don't want to do this in front of women. I don't want to fart in front of women on accident. I don't want to do something I'm not good at. I don't want to show my lack of flexibility. Um, I just don't, I don't want to, and I don't, and a lot of people don't want to work out in that environment. Um, so, you know, yes, part of what I do is create a safe environment by allowing people to train wherever they want. If they want to do it in their gym and follow along with their phone, if they want to, you know, train in their home and stream it from their TV, from their computer, their laptop, that way, you know, you don't have to worry about falling over or sweating or farting for that matter. Um, in, in you know in the privacy of your own home and you can struggle as much as you want and you don't have to you know you don't have to be gym intimidated or I guess yoga studio intimidated um, by you know feeling like you can't do something so that's a big aspect as well that's true so what what other forms of exercise do you do other than yoga so I actually just started lifting again a couple 
couple of months ago. So I lift, I do a, it's a really simple one by 20 program. So I just do one set, 20 reps, um, and it's about 10 exercises, you know, just one exercise per muscle group. Um, so I do that once, averaging once per week, but I skip it a lot. Um, once or twice per week, usually once and sometimes every other week. And then in addition to that, I do, I do a lot of sports training. I get a decent amount, so I'll go out to a field and I'll just do sprints and agility drills and um, and I do a lot of pull-ups. So pull-ups are something that I, I have a pull-up bar in my bedroom and I just I do that a couple, a couple times per week. Because uh, one thing that yoga doesn't get effectively is pulling muscles. So there's no way to mimic... There's no, no matter what you say, no matter what you argue, there's no way to mimic doing a pulling motion with resistance using just a yoga mat. So in order to compensate for that imbalance, you need to be doing some form of pulling, whether that's rowing or pull-ups, in order to keep your back strong, make sure that you're not creating an imbalance between the front and back side of your body. So I lift, I do pull-ups, um, and, I, and I do running sports training we have to dive into this a little bit more dean what uh give give us some of the details on your one by 20 program and that's this you know possibly once a week routine i'm Mm -hmm. really interested in the exercises how long does it take is there specific do you do this earlier in the week later in the week give us some of the details on that sure so actually this is a program um i've got a friend former roommate who works with the he is an intern or I think he might have been hired uh, as a strength conditioning coach for the Wisconsin athletic program. And so I called him and I was like, look, I want to start training again. I want to get, I want to get stronger. His name is Paul. Paul, I'm going to send you this blank seat. Listen to this. Um, but I called him and said, look, I want to start playing lacrosse again. I want to make sure my body is ready. What can you give me? And so he said, well, we've been doing this one by 20 program. It's been working really well with our athletes. And the goal is you just do... Again, you do these exercises, you just do one set, you do 20 reps, and you try to make it so that you can do all the reps, um, but then you slowly build, right? So if you make if you make all 20 reps one week, the next week you go up to a higher weight. So it just continually progresses. And, you know, by the time you're doing, um, if you're doing a deadlift or you're doing a uh, back squat, those 20 reps get hard if you're, uh, you're, you know, getting to your max. Um, and there's a lot of time, a lot of seconds of tension uh, while you're doing that exercise. So, anyways, I'm just, I'm reading off what I have here. I've got a, um, a box jump. I've got step-ups, weighted step-ups, bench, deadlift, dumbbell row, calf raise, lat pull-down, military press, uh, hamstring curl, a straight-back rollout using a one of those rolling wheels, um, bicep curls, supine trunk rotations, tricep extensions, reverse crunch, and a back extension. So, you know, if you rewind that and play it again, you'll notice that there's no repetition, um, really, of, of different muscle groups. So we've got one tricep exercise, we've got one bench press exercise, we have one squat exercise, we have one lunge exercise, um, one deadlift exercise. So the only difference between there's a workout A and workout B. And the only difference is on workout A, you do a step up 
and a deadlift and workout B, you do a back squat. That's the only difference. So it's a super simple program. Uh, it doesn't take too long. It takes about 45 minutes if you're moving quickly, if you're moving efficiently, and you're getting a, a decent warm-up before that. Um, there's some days when I'll skip all the core stuff at the bottom because I don't want to be doing yoga, and then it takes 25 minutes. So it's a really quick workout, but it's a super effective workout. It doesn't get your muscles to the point where you're like, oh, my God, I can't walk. But, you know, you see results. Um, so it's a solid training program. I've been doing it for three months, and I've noticed my, my arms and my, my chest and my legs getting a little bigger. Um, so it's been nice to, to weight lift again. I haven't been doing weightlifting for, like, uh, actually three years. I haven't done a program since 2012. Oh, wow. It's the first time I've been I've been lifting since then. Nice. Yeah, it's very the, uh, the minimal effective you know, dose approach and all of these lifts is what I'm gathering is as close to your 20 rep max as possible for all of these. Correct. Um, and that, I know that's kind of hard for some people to gauge. So is there a certain percentage of maybe your one rep max that you're hitting? Like just kind of off the top of your head? Probably 60% maybe. Yeah. Is that, is that what the, that's one by 20, right? That sounds about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 50 to 60, I think. And then, this is something you'd alternate A and B exercises kind of every other week, I guess. So you do workout A earlier in the week and then workout B later in the week. Oh, so I was doing Monday and Wednesday uh, for a while, which was tough. But um, uh, So, yeah, you do workout A once in the week and you do workout B later in the week. Okay. But, yeah, so that I'm going to do twice one per week. Okay. Yeah, but if I'm going to do, you know, but if I'm only going to do it once per week, then I'll do workout A one week and workout B the next week. And then how many days a week are you doing like some sprint drills and stuff at the track? I try to do twice per week. Um, and I make it a constant I make it a constant exercise. So I do I do stop I do a shuffle a side shuffle react. Um, I do a lot of dynamic warm up, probably ten minutes of dynamic warm up. I'll do jog to sprint. Um, we'll do some cone drills. So this is, I actually do this with my, I still put, I started putting lacrosse again this season. <clears throat> so this is something I'll do with my, uh, my men's lacrosse team, a couple guys from that team. So we'll set up cones. Actually, we just use our shoes, but we'll set up our shoes and do, you know, sprint here, back pedal here, side shuffle here, sprint there. So little quick exercises like that. Um, 50 yard sprints, 40 yard sprints, 90 yard sprints. Um, but it's constant. So we try to, you know, it doesn't last longer than an hour, but we jog if we're not, if we're not doing something, we're jogging and, um, you know, we keep it constant. So, and then you're doing yoga on those days as well. Uh, yeah, typically doing yoga. I'll do yoga at the beginning of that and I'll do yoga at the end to stretch. And then, uh, yeah, I'll typically do like a 45-minute yoga session at the opposite end of the day. Cool. Now, what would you say to some, like, if someone says, well, you're not getting in a lot of the strength work, what would you say to someone that says you still need a couple of these max lift days a couple times a month? I think that as long as, I mean, I think that as long as I am doing something where I am, reaching that muscle fatigue, you know, I think that I'm, I think that I'm getting the benefits of, of maxing out in a, in, in my one by 20 program, honestly, 
I mean, I'm, I'm doing it, and I'm, I can't do anything else. I completely max out. I mean, I'm, if you're doing a weight higher, I mean, I know that you're not using, I know that you're not using as much weight as possible, but still, if you're doing 20 reps, and you're getting to rep 14, and you know, you're barely getting it up, and you've got six more, you're getting a lot out of that. Um, and so I think it also depends on what your goals are. So for me, my goal isn't, um, for me, my goal is more so endurance um, and flexibility, longevity. I'm not trying to get huge. So um, me going under and doing my my max rep isn't something that I'm really honestly interested in. So um, yeah, and I, asked, I asked to play devil's advocate because you know a lot of guys want to be in the gym five or six days a week. They want to go heavy. Uh, but I love your approach of, like Jake said, that minimal effective dose, throwing in the sprint drills, doing the yoga. Mm-hmm. I love all the, uh, cool. the multiple disciplines. Yeah, well, here, I mean, here's the other thing. When you when you go up in weight, your form goes down. When you're, when, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're getting higher and higher in weight and you're not looking at your form and you're just doing as much as you can, you're not doing yourself any favors. You're hurting yourself. So, you know, I try to keep my weight minimal. I mean... So when I so just to give you an idea of what kind of my strength is, um, I've been repping out my deadlifts at 145 pounds, and then I switch after 10 so that I'm getting an opposite grip, which is not much at all. You know, most people when they do a 10 rep of deadlift, they'll do. I mean, I think like standard weight would be 225, um, but you have to understand how slow and controlled I'm going. Um, so I did a contest at the Paleo FX conference, and you did your body weight as many reps as you could in two minutes. And I did so I weighed about one sixty five, I think one sixty seven. So they bumped me up to one seventy, and I did sixty reps in two minutes. But all I'm doing is twenty reps when I work out. So that just shows you the difference between how slowly and how controlled I'm usually training versus what happens when I max out. So you have a lot of time under tension. That was another thing I wanted to ask. You're focusing like the uh, the time under tension or lack thereof, depending on the movement, is just as essential as the movement itself. What is your time under tension? Do you have a? Are you kind of counting seconds? What's the pace you're going on those? Um, it's a good question. Sorry, that was kind of a long-winded question, but no, 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 you're fine. Um, I, I'm. I see that I probably aim for four to five seconds on concentric and eccentric. Um, so I'm doing four. I'm probably doing a breath down and a breath up. Um, you know, that's where the yoga comes in. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that I'm breathing normally, breathing longer, and matching my my breath to my movement. So yeah, if you, you think know, every exercise is, is long. If you think about it, you're one set of twenty at that kind of attention you really break it down most people are going in doing four sets of five five sets of four you know three sets of ten you uh you're definitely hitting just as much work in a shorter amount of time uh, there's some people that are breaking it up yeah i mean so i'm thinking of uh just I had a flashback just now when i was at the gym and i was watching a bodybuilder train and it's weird because you see like you know i'm sure you watch cc fletcher videos to get excited um <laughs> But, you know, people like that on YouTube and, and Cali Muscle and, and let's say some other um, 
bodybuilders, but they do super fast reps. You see them just doing curl after curl after curl. And I remember being at the gym watching this dude who was, you know, definitely a bodybuilder, super jack, but he was doing the slowest rep that I'd ever seen. And that's really what creates strength. It's controlling the weight. It's not throwing it, banging around the weight and throwing it down after finish. It is mastering that weight slowly, you know, making that weight yours, you know, yeah. slowly controlling it, not letting gravity do anything. Just controlling and moving slowly. So these guys anymore, yeah, they're just working towards that pump. But that time under tensions, you know, that's nothing new. If you watch, like, Pumping Iron or, uh, I mean, that's what Arnold's talking about back then. That's when, when The Rock was put on all his size when he was wrestling for his movies and whatnot. He said he would do, every rep was at least eight seconds. Wow. Up and down. He was just making sure. He said that's that's how you get them to grow. That's like people so. have asked us, how, how can I do more pull-ups? And you tell them, well, hop on the top of a pull-up bar and then lower yourself as slowly as you can. Just do yeah, neg- negatives, you know? Exactly. Interesting stuff. Well, what's what does a man flow yoga diet look like? There's actually a man flow diet book. <laughs> <laughs> Shame, um, shameless book. Yeah, shameless plug. But um, it is so the man flow diet, and this is what I do, but it's it's very focused toward um, toward maintaining energy. It is all about maintaining energy. It's pretty ketogenic, um, and it's about making sure that whether you whenever you eat something, it is fueling you. It is not bringing you down. So I mean, it's I wouldn't say it's paleo because I, I do this without regard to paleo. I just do this because this is what feels good. Um, but I mean, I have, I try to have the same foods every day. It's keep it stupid, simple, um, or simple, stupid, whichever, whichever one. But it's, I mean, I have eggs with broccoli, spinach, sweet potato, and sauerkraut. Um, there's this awesome company called Cleveland Kraut, um, where, where I grew up and they make sauerkraut creations that are not disgusting. They're just extremely tasty. And this, I have one that I, that's called curry kraut. And so it has turmeric, it has a lot of anti-inflammatory benefits, and it just tastes fantastic. So I put that on top of eggs. For lunch, I'll have, well, and then after that, I'll have my bulletproof coffee. So, you know, mix in some, some MCT oil, um, Usually ghee. I try to not do butter. I try to do ghee instead. And then whatever coffee that I would I have. Um, tried caveman coffee. They're pretty good. Um, and then there's a local local uh, brand of coffee in Austin called Cube C U B E that I love. Um, and then for lunch I'll have spinach broccoli with salmon and sweet potato. I, I have sweet potatoes literally just lying around on this, on the counter. I don't even I cook them and I just leave them there because I know I'll eat them within two days. Um, and then for dinner, it's fish, vegetables, and I mean fish and vegetables, maybe some and sweet potato. Yeah, if, if there's any sweet potato left, uh, there'll be some sweet potato involved. Or I'll have um, actually I, I met this uh, when I was at the conference. Uh, that we met at Paleo Effects Conference, there was a uh, Montana bison rancher 
and I ended up ordering 10 pounds of grass-fed bison meat. So I've got a bunch of steaks in the, in, in the freezer, and uh, sometimes I'll sub that in for the fish. But, I mean, it's just a super simple diet, um, you know, no, very rarely having any fruits because or, 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 um, or simple carbs because as soon as I have those, and I'm sure you guys notice this too, but as soon as you have them, you're like, oh, crap, I'm tired. <laughs> Yeah. Or like I'm hungry. Why am I hungry? I just had tons of food. I'm fine. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what the diet looks like: simple and uh, and pretty keto. That's great. You, you you seem to have that pretty dialed in. Do you even track your macros or even need to? I mean, you probably have it figured out. No, I, I don't. You know, and I that's kind of what I what I teach to to the people that I that I train, uh, people that I'm working with directly, and then the people that you know I'm working with. Uh, not on a case by case basis, but if you're, I find that if you're tracking it, you just you think about it more, you worry about it more. It's not as fun. It's maybe not sustainable. Um, so yeah, I, I've never tracked anything. Um, it's it's more based on how does my body feel, um, rather than you know how many. I couldn't even tell you about macros. <laughs> you know, I, I, I study what I need and I teach people after I've learned it and I mastered it myself. But as far as, you know, counting your macros, and if it, if it fits your macros, I, I could probably just direct you to the people to talk about it. But I, I have no idea about it because I don't, I don't do it. I don't eat it. Yeah, it's just being in tune with your body and, and how you feel, what you need, and, and based on your goals. It's great. What, um, yeah. Do you, you uh, use any specific types of supplements on a daily basis? Woo, yes. Um, <laughs> I do. Um I'm a big fan of natural sacks right now. I'm a big fan of natural sacks and my natural force. So natural sacks has or siltep, which is fantastic. Uh, they also have something called magtech, which is help good for helping you want. It's a magnesium supplement. Also sleep helps with winding down. Um, I also have. Um, my natural force they have a pretty good alpha they have a alpha strength supplement um so I, i've noticed that that helps with decreasing my recovery time i also take turmeric um at night so just like a i think it's gaia foods is the company that i use um and then oh yeah i also use a collagen peptide protein in, uh, in my bulletproof coffee, so collagen support. Um, and I've used your stuff too. I've used your recovery, um, your water now recovery product uh, a couple of times, and it's great. Um, most times you have those, a lot of the time you have that stuff, and it's uh, for whatever reason, it just hurts your stomach or, you know, just feel shitty afterwards. And I felt good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, literally. literally yeah. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's what I'm using. That natural te- uh, natural stacks siltep. That's the uh, nootropic, right? Yes, that is the uh, nootropic. Do you use that kind of as an uh, as needed basis, or is that a daily staple? That's a daily thing. Um, I've heard from I've heard from multiple people that nootropics um, are best. Taken or have best have the best effect when taken over time. So, um, what I 
Um, so yeah, I take it every morning with a glass of water when I wake up. That's my other. That's my other thing. Um, I have one of those. I have one of those Kangen water machines. So alkaline water, nine point five alkaline water with uh, sea salt and then with Siltep every morning. Nice and, and a nootropic for those out there. Um, that's they're definitely they've been around for a long time, and I think they've been gaining more popular popularity slowly, but they basically just upregulate different neurotransmitters based on the strain or based on the specific ingredients to kind of help with mental focus and function and memory. It's cognitive enhancing. Yeah. Well, Dean, let's transition a little bit into uh, manflowyoga.com. Um, mm-hmm. by, by the way, you have an awesome website. Um, definitely going to link to it show, in the show notes and show people there. Um, there's also a, an image there of Dean's perfect squat, literally, I'm not exaggerating, and um, pretty awesome program there on how you can help uh, or find your perfect squat. But I love the layout you have for people on just kind of the starting, like on your on your training tab. Uh, I'm looking at it right now, and you can uh, we'll send people there. But you you got the start now 10 day trial. Um, and then it kind of just goes on from there into the members area and um, a little bit of the mo- mobility project. Could we touch on maybe a couple different of those pro- those programs you have for people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I've got, oh gosh, um, let me start with Yoga Basics. So Yoga Basics for Men uh, was a book that I wrote in 2014. Uh, when I released it, it went to number one in four categories on Amazon. So uh, men's health, uh, yoga, I think health and I think it got like number, it might have gotten number one in the health and fitness overall category actually as well. And uh, I think and then men's health in general. Anyway, so four different categories, number one when it went out. And I made a workout program based on that it's called the Yoga Basics for Men's Starters Package. So that's how I get people started in yoga. Um, so a guide to teach you how to do yoga, how to do postures, what they're affecting, um, you know, and a practical benefit. Um, so there's that. Um, for people with more specific focuses, um, my most popular program, which I just released in March, is called the Mobility Project. And this is something that's completely unique. I haven't seen this done by, by anybody else. And this program integrates self-myofascial release techniques with yoga and bodyweight exercise. So what that means is we're using self-massage techniques like rolling on a lacrosse ball, using a foam roller, um, using a, a tool that I, that's, that's called a knot-out. Um, this is a company that I work really closely with. Um, so using these tools to help address restricted muscle tissue. So and then after we do that, so we do about 20, maybe 30 minutes of, of self-myofascial release. And then from there, we move into yoga exercises. So where you're strengthening your body, but also working at the maximum range of motion. So think of getting as deep as you can into a lunge or as deep as you can into a squat. And then finishing up with some deep stretches, some longer holds, restored stretches. And the result is that you're greatly increasing your flexibility. So this is a program that, that I've had a lot of fantastic feedback from um, people who have been doing yoga for months or years, and they're like, I just can't get more flexible. It's just not working. And they do this in 
you know, in two days. Like, holy crap, I haven't seen games like these ever. Um, so it's a really powerful technique, and if you're just interested in getting straight to improving your flexibility, this is this is what I recommend. Um, and the Perfect Squat is a program that I came out with, in, I think, January. Um, and this is a workout program that is focused on developing the strength the strength and the flexibility and the, and the body awareness necessary for achieving a perfect squat. Um, you know, so just doing a squat over and over again isn't going to help that much. But when we start to get into all the little aspects of a squat, hamstring flexibility, core strength, hip flexibility, um, glute activation, balance, uh, body awareness, so being able to notice what's going on in your body making the subtle changes necessary uh, by slowing down movements. Um, so this is a program um, that is specifically for people looking to improve their squat. But, you know, we've also realized that the benefits of squat. So when you have the ability to do a perfect squat, there's so many things that come with that. Um, core strength, uh, Hip flexibility, hip range of motion, glute strength, um, and this this leads into uh, relieving lower back pain. This leads into being able to run more efficiently. It, it means having a better deadlift. Means being able to balance, being able to do one legged squats. So, you know, the the goals of the program are working toward getting a better squat, but you know, the indirect benefits are just so much more than that. So um, that's a program that, that I'm also really, really proud of. And then you, you also have the app, right? The Manflow Yoga app, which people can kind of just take with them everywhere. And, and even if it's online or the app, it just allows you, um, once you are in the program, allows you to just hop around and do what you need based on your goals, right? Yeah. Um, so the app is... The app is a super simple app that includes poses and routines. So if you're not sure about how to do a pose, you just go into the pose section, you click it, it shows you multiple pictures, multiple angles, and then it tells you to walk step-by-step rock through of the technique. Uh, it also includes a routine section. Um, and those routines are kind of cool. Um, we named them after, I named them after certain situations. So it's like five minutes of like, today was effing horrible or because F today, that's why, or ouch, my lower back. So, you know, the, the workout titles are pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, even with the, uh, with those other workout programs I mentioned, though, those are all available um, on your phone as well. Once you, once you purchase those, you get access to your phone. So it's super simple to use all the stuff that we do. Um, wherever, I mean, on your phone, on your smart TV, on your laptop. Um, a lot of the premium programs, the ones we just mentioned, those ones you can you can download as many times as you want on as many different platforms as you want. So you can have it on your phone, you can have it on your computer, and you don't even need the internet to access it. Man, that's awesome. You got a lot of great content out there. We'll definitely link to all that in the show notes as well. Um, and I believe you're at just at Manflow Yoga across all social media platforms. Is that right? Yep, man, that's it. Awesome, man. 
Um, let's see. You want to leave people with just a few tips that they can take with them to improve their mobility? Yeah. Um, so I would I would start working on getting deep into a squat uh, every day. Just sitting down into a squat, working on all the elements that go into a squat, working on the ankle mobility, so the ankle's spinning out, working on the glute engagement, so external hip rotation to allow your hips to open and to uh, strengthen your glutes, and working on leaning back in a squat. So, so many people just do a crappy squat, they lean forward and their back arch or their back rounds. So, you know, focus on getting deep into a squat every day. Um, I would also say, don't worry about, you know, don't worry about where you are now, um, because everyone had to start somewhere. So, don't be intimidated by it. Uh, I get a lot of people who are like, ah, I'm going to start yoga. I just don't know when. The thing is, your flexibility is the basis of your physical fitness. If you don't have the range of motion to do a squat, you can't do a squat with 400 pounds. I mean, if you let's say like a magical thing, you can't do a squat with 315 pounds if you don't have the mobility for a squat. So mobility is the most important aspect of your fitness, and I'm, you know that's something that I, I say on a, on a repeated basis. But if you don't have that range of motion, you won't have the strength. So keep that in mind. Um, as you're starting to do, um, you know, as you're starting to work on your mobility. And then I guess my last tip, try to do two or three postures a day. Spend five minutes on your mobility. Um, make sure you're doing a lunge. Make sure you're doing a squat. Make sure you're doing something for your shoulders. So something that stretches your chest. Even if that's just putting your arm against a wall, doing a pec stretch for a couple minutes or, you know, a minute at a time. Doing a downward facing dog. Um, so yeah, I, I, would, I would say that. Perfect, man. Great advice. I love it. Yeah, Dean, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's been great, guys. Uh, I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, I'm glad that I, I won your contest at the <laughs> That's uh, right. That's right. At, at the at the booth. Um, you know, even though I wasn't really happy about it at the time. <laughs> yeah, that was on the bike, right? Yeah, no, nobody touched that, that was, number. Nobody even yeah. got close. I don't think. Out of the two, we had a rower there and the assault bike, and the challenge was however many calories you could get in 10 seconds max effort, right? 10 seconds. 30 seconds. It was a grueler, man. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not many people um, took us up on the bike, but Dean blew it out of the uh, water. I, I had to try it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, let's. Uh, next time we're in Austin, man, we'll link up. Yes, please do. That'd be great. Um, well, thanks again, Jake, Josh. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Two Fit Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Two Fit USA, the sports nutrition company owned and operated by the Two Fit Guys. To show our appreciation for you tuning into the podcast, we would like to give you a 10% off your entire order at 2FitUSA.com. All of our products are sugar-free, paleo-friendly, gluten-free, non-GMO, and a whole list of other buzzwords. So hop on over to 2FitUSA.com. Don't forget to use your promo code FIT1, that's F-I-T-1, at checkout. We highly value and appreciate your feedback, so please leave a review about the products and the podcast at our website, 2FitUSA.com, under the podcast and products pages, 
You can also leave a review on iTunes. Now, if we happen to read your review during one of our podcasts, you'll receive a one-month free subscription of all TwoFit products. So write something noteworthy. If not, we probably won't read it anyway. So go leave a review, listen to the next episode, and until next time. Hey!